I mean, that was weird. I don't think about Art Bell every day. Well, wait, I passed at 10.30 in the morning, so you don't ever know. He was in here. He popped in here. It was mid-afternoon. Well, then he wasn't. He wasn't alive then. Right. So you know, here's Art. He punched in on the chat room on the day he died. I said, "Well, that doesn't really that doesn't really mean that he that he was really alive." <laughs> you know, I he was thinking that, that of all the people out there who would find a way to. Oh, he'll do it. He'll right? come back. He'll do it. He'll find a way. He said, let's go get the mail. And he had bought him a Grand Dam Trans Am, 400 horsepower, okay, four speed, <laughs> when it was brand new. And we went and got the mail at 142 miles an hour. <laughs> okay, and that was that joy. Art was about art. Art's ability to openly, consciously explore realities based on the credibility of the research he had done on the person that's on the air. This is how he was. There was no casualness about it. He was ready. And <laughs> and he he was worried. He was worried about this drought he had seen and that people were going through. And he went on the radio and he decided, he decided that he was going to try to use the power of prayer because it had been something we had talked about and something we had talked about and, uh, you know, what were those possibilities because we would talk about it. He'd hear a show that he thought was important and there was me, there was to me and another two other people that he would talk to about it. And so he decided he was going to get all of the coast-to-coast people, probably 15 million people that would listen to the show, so 13 million people that would listen to the show. And so Art set up prayer. He set up a prayer for rain, and it started raining the next day. I remember. And it rained like for five or six days, okay? That was my favorite one because all of a sudden I was calling him uh, uh, Art God. And, 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 but he had, he, he, he had nowhere to go, Nicole. I remember that consciousness experiment with the Joe, and it was interesting how he explored that afterwards, um, because he seemed afraid that it wasn't It scared to the crap out of him. I know. <laughs> it scared the crap out of him. I had to listen to it for like a week, <laughs> you know, and he, you know, he has to come off his high horse. I was in such pain in that brain surgery thing in 97. Nicole, you know, that was like, oh, my God. When I blew my brain out in subdual hematomas and I was crushing, Art got people to pray for me, and I never knew this until later. I never knew this till later. But at about 2 o'clock one morning or like 3 o'clock one morning in, when, when I couldn't take it anymore, the room cleared. This is in the hospital bed. The room cleared. There was no noise or any of that. And knowing that I thought I was going to die from it, the brain surgery, because you'd have to do open-heart surgery and brain surgery at the same time, and there was no way I could make it through it. So Art got people to pray. And I know the moments because I could organize my life. I could not, I could get away from the pain, and I could organize my life. And that went on for like three or four hours before it all came back, the pain came back. And it was at the exact same time that Art had gone on the air. Welcome to News for the Soul's 20th Anniversary Broadcast Series. News for the Soul, the longest-running 
spiritual empowerment and exploration broadcast in North America. Started its 21st year in January 2018. And we're just getting warmed up. It's time to take it to the next level. Exploring the edge of human consciousness and possibility on planet Earth in our 21st year with founder and journalist Nicole Marie Whitney at the helm. What's really real and what's really possible? That is what we want to know. So if you're ready to find out together, get ready for life-changing talk radio. From the uplifting to the unexplained platinum edition, here is News for the Soul. Hear all of our previously aired broadcasts of News for the Soul online at newsforthesoul.com. Now let's get back to the show. And we are live. It's Saturday, April 21st, 2018, and very, very special guest with me today, my original co-host in the first two years of being on-air radio, transitioning out of positive news, newspapers, etc. the one and only Daniel Brinkley. We're going to get him started in a moment. I'm just going to remind you, first of all, Daniel, Saved by the Light at Peace and Light, Secrets of the Light. I've, it's been a while since I've talked to him, so there may be more titles after that. Danian.com is his website if you're unfamiliar with Daniel, which I know many of you are not. Recently, Friday the 13th, last week, April 13th, 2018, the unexpected and somewhat surprising passing of Art Bell. We're here to honor his legacy in paranormal radio and remember him. Danion was a regular on his show for many years and a a good friend. So we're going to bring Danion on and catch up with him and talk about the life-changing legacy of the Art Bell radio career. Danion, welcome back. Well, it's certainly an absolute pleasure to be back with you, Nicole. Oh, I've missed you. I've thought about you often. How are you doing? Come on, and and me too. And, and thinking about in the early days, I was just reminiscing about those early days and just how far you've brought people's consciousness. So it has a lot to do with, like, art. Art was, uh, art was in trouble. And when he he'd come to a place where they called it COPD, but it, you know if you smoke cigarettes for forty years, mm-hmm. and it was like a trademark of his, and so yeah. that's what finally finally ended it. But when I talked to him about three weeks Nicole before this happened, because Art and I stayed friends, I was the first person to prove to Art Bell that people could read other people's minds. <laughs> and, wow. I mean, that was one of his shows, you know, and it was like all of a sudden a reality shifted in his consciousness that the stuff he was listening to on the radio, there were possibilities that some of that stuff could be true. And so I, when he, I was talking to him, he was he was in more pain. You could hear it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, as it got closer, you know, he just it just got to be too much for him. Yeah. Every breath, every breath was a pain. So uh-huh. wherever Art is today, wherever he is in that vast cosmic range of knowledge and love and divinity that exists that permeates our existence, Art knows the answers to everything that was unexplained. Of all those people he listened to and all those things that's gone on through his life and what Coast to Coast became, then 
Art has the privilege of knowing the answers to every one of those questions that we all sought by listening to his radio show, and he is not in pain. I mean, I went to the few. I was just going to share with you, Daniel, that um, on Friday the 13th, the day he passed, he actually popped into my consciousness unexpectedly. And I, did, I found out later that was the day he passed. So I, I know that we were meant to do this tribute show today. Yeah, he might not have. He might have. He might have popped in on that and wasn't even here. <laughs> See, that's, this is the fun part about art. Think about it, Nicole. Art knows it all, and art was brilliant. He was as great a radio personality as ever. I mean, his his skill set and his ability to listen and to take apart and dissect the conversation, because he never believed anything. And that's what made him. He, and he kept that moniker as he explored. And he would go with it. If, you know, if you're Satan, call me. <laughs> you know, I can remember that show. You know, the devil or you... Oh, and he would have fundamentalists on. He'd have a bunch of fundamentalists on the call, and then he would get a bunch of swamis, and he would just start it and stir it up. <laughs> if you're a time traveler from the future, if you're interdimensional, <laughs> I remember yeah, or if you're just crazy, okay? <laughs> I mean, he would be. It was so good, and he he had these little perks about him. Most people, he was a pool shark. <laughs> I mean, he could shoot serious uh, pool. I, I mean. Serious, okay? And he was a practical joker. And people never saw that personality, you know, that place where it was just our bell. <laughs> and as a human being, he was wonderful. And and why me? Art and I became really fast friends because I gave him a way to look at stuff people were talking about, Nicole. Just like in our early days, I would listen, but I've been dead. And I understand from a different point of view when I look at stuff, I look at it completely different. And Art would watch me do that. And he, he would he would uh, he would explore stuff with what I thought about it. You know, not that it was right or wrong. It's just what my opinion of it was as I would look at it and he was so funny you know and and as the years would pass uh we would talk about issues and global and prophecy and you know the things that were unfolding because as and when Mona passed and Mona was a soul you know she was that place that had changed him into who and what coast to coast became behind every great man there's a great woman and she she was the perfect blend for him and uh he was watching the changes because he had a really good mind and he did his homework he called his own guest think of parallel of someone that i'm on the phone with right now that is the same you know think of nicole if when you look at the people who who felt and saw the truth and they've evolved Mm. They've evolved in 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 a course of action of of multiple possible realities that we as dynamic spiritual beings living in this dimensional reality practicing being gods. This is the place where you come to practice be a god, and you have a right to form an opinion of it, even if it wasn't true. Okay, that's a, that's the freedom of this dimension because in the other dimensional realities, based on the restrictions that applied to enter that reality, then the the fact of whether it was right or wrong is not an issue. What exactly happens based on the divine law and the, the cursive law, whatever happens, these are the rules by which it operates by, and you don't have that fact that you can be wrong and think you're right. <laughs> you <know? laughs> when did you first meet Art, and when was the first time you talked to him? All right, so... Uh, 
Art, Art was going from politics. He was a good uh, political analysis. He was really good at that, and he was transitioning into from from talk radio politics, like like you know Hannity shows. And he started looking at uh, all the issues that people that's going on around us and that no one talked about. So I think I was on Art's show. It had to be '94. Wow. It had to be '94, and I probably did the show four or five times a year. You know. And Art and I started the uh, Veterans Day annual report. That was 19 years ago. I created the Twilight Brigade, and from the Twilight Brigade, Art was a veteran, you know, Nam era veteran. And so you have that commonality and that conversation. And uh, so we started looking at what was going on in the health care of the veterans in the United States. And we made an annual report every year, like I did the 20th one on November the 11th. And so death was big. <laughs> this is the uh, early 90s. You know, death was big. Uh, Raymond was, Raymond was. Uh, I guess the nations got scared and or something, something was happening because that's when death becomes an issue. Terrorism, all those things become issues in psychologies and Art explored that. So I not only uh, had gone through it and I was like uh, Captain Dead in those times and Art and I would get into conversations, and they, I was not radical in in my belief system about the nature of the near-death experience, and I had already been through, like, two of them. Uh, I'd already been through two of them, and Art and I got to be so much so good of friends that by 1997, when I had to have brain surgery, and they... Uh, my dad was on the phone with uh, Raymond, and they said that, you know, the surgery would get me or uh, I was going to die in so much, I was going to be in so much pain that uh, no telling what I would do. And so they have to have O-part surgery and brain surgery. And Ramona and Art flew to Charleston, South Carolina, and through those critical days, he did his radio show literally, from, not literally from the room, but from the radio station just down the street. And that's how good of friends that we evolved into because spirituality is not a is not a, uh, a an elusive subject to me. You know, the nature of the spirituality of who we are as spiritual beings operating in this framework, it's not like I'm on some fervent mission. I mean, I know what happened and how, and he would say I was the most spiritual person he ever met, but I was still an asshole. <laughs> well, that was our that was our descriptions. That was our that was our descriptions of me. But is who you're referring to as Raymond, correct? Say that again. Doctor Raymond Moody is who you're referring to as Raymond, correct? Yeah. Dr. Raymond Moody. What and happened I remember, in the oh, I was just going to ask you. I remember he always used to say to callers when they would call in and wanting to connect with their loved ones that had passed. He always used to talk about uh, putting lighting a candle and then remembering and talking about your favorite moments with them. That would be really awesome to do that today. Well, if if you want them to come back and visit you, you know, I know how much fun Art is having. <laughs> and I know and I know he's staying close. He's not going to let go. He will not let go. Uh, and this is me theorizing. This is not something I know is a fact about Raymond. But knowing Raymond and knowing those dimensional levels of consciousness, which, like, you know, Nicole, I don't think there's many people who know more about, that, about those levels, those early four or five levels than me. You know, I, I study it. So I know what Raymond's doing. And he has a he has a 11-year-old and a... Uh, two-year-old, and he was 72, 
And what you were talking about was that he punched in on the chat room on the day he died. I said, well, that doesn't really that doesn't really mean that he that he was really alive. <laughs> you know, I was thinking that, that of all the people out there who would find a way to oh, he'll do it. He'll, he'll come back. He'll do it. He'll find a way. I don't have any. I have a little doubt about it. I mean, that's I why mean, I say that's why I'm consciousness on the day of. I mean, that was weird. I don't think about Art Bell every day. Well, he wait. I passed at ten thirty in the morning, so you don't ever know. It was and in he the when he popped in here. It was in well, mid afternoon. Well, then he wasn't he wasn't alive then. Right. So, you know, here's Art. But this is me understanding Art Nicole. He knows and heard it all. You know, all that, that stuff that we all anticipate and stuff. And I'm not sad because I knew the pain he was in and I know the way home. And I wasn't sad. I, I went to the funeral, uh, you know, because they wanted to keep it closed and they blocked the media and all that stuff. But I went to the funeral and, and I surveyed and looked to see how it could be of service to Aaron, you know, and anybody else it could talk to. And uh, Whitley uh, spoke, and um, then mm-hmm. I, I, I told this this story about Art. Art, uh, I, when Art went through a crisis uh, about his son, I knew about it, you know, and I, I knew about it intuitively, and I came to see Art and uh, that kind of friendship because I, I not only could sense and knew so much more about it than anybody was saying, it was amazing to him, but it was a place where art could settle in and understand that there is a, uh, there is a very patterned nature of the spiritual dimensions or the ethereal dimensions or the quantum dimensions that exist. So I, I would say that art would Art would sense once he lifted out, he would sense and feel that range. And he would be able to slow his frequency down because he understands radios. He's a short wave man. He built his own uh he built his own systems. So he would understand the dynamics of the science of the art form where you slow your frequency down, you set a certain harmonic, and then that harmonic is how you dimensionally move while you do certain that's what breath exercises and all that, and he would know that. So he would would find a way but where art was at where he was is he was he was being a dad because he felt like he'd blown it so much in the early years about going with his other kids because it was uh, the nature of art to be able to communicate worldwide and to explore using uh shortwave radio ham operator so he would understand frequency dynamics and he would understand those kinds of stuff to move but in the early moments and and even if you are leaving a beautiful wife and someone that's been great for him and him great for her and uh and a couple of little kids and the comfort of where he was in his life he would be focused on that more than he would be focused on trying to communicate with any of us but i have no doubt that art bell will be heard from again what are your favorite memories of well, let's say on the air, being on the air with Art. Well, let me tell you my one of my favorite memories of Art off the air. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so I go, I come up, he calls me, and he says he wants to come up. I said, okay. So I came up, and we were talking, and, you know, the things that had come on, because if you knew Art Bell, you had to watch. You had to watch Somewhere in Time so he could look at Jane Seymour, and he loved the plot of Somewhere in Time. And if you knew Art Bell, you always had to go to that Montauk place <laughs> in Michigan, okay, where it was filmed, and that was it. I mean, but... <laughs> 
he, he I came up and he had gotten him. I mean, we come up in the same time, the muscle cars, you know, the stuff that old guys can talk about. And he said, he said, let's go get the mail. And he had bought him a Grand Am Trans Am, 400 horsepower, okay, four speed when it was brand new and we went and got the mail at 142 miles an hour (laughs) okay and that was that joy you know it this is the relationship is two guys growing up in the 50s and the 60s you know growing up in that time frame and and that was a joy the best one on the radio because people used to laugh because art 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 was about art Art's ability to openly, consciously explore realities based on the credibility of the research he had done on the person that's on the air. This is how he was. There was no casualness about it. He was ready, and and he he was worried. He was worried about this drought he had seen and that people were going through. And he went on the radio and he decided he decided that he was going to try to use the power of prayer because it had been something we had talked about and something we had talked about and uh you know what were those possibilities because we would talk about it he'd hear a show that he thought was important and there was me there was to me and another two other people that he would talk to about it and so he decided he was going to get all of the coast to coast people it's probably 15 million people that would listen to the show, so 13 million people that would listen to the show. And so Art set up prayer. He set up a prayer for rain, and it started raining the next day. I remember. And it rained like for five or six days, okay? That was my favorite one because all of a sudden I was calling him uh, uh, Art God, and, mm-hmm. and, 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 but he had, he, he, he had nowhere to go, Nicole, about the reality of the power of the nature of the combination of divine people, people coming together for a good reason or people coming together for a bad. That energy was there and that energy operates there and he had a way to see it in his own life. Well, that's a guy just maturing in the divine way and watching what he's hearing being true when he applied it. He never did it again except when... I was in such pain in that brain surgery thing in 97. Nicole, you know, that was like, oh, my God. When I blew my brain out in subdual hematomas and I was crushing, Art got people to pray for me, and I never knew this until later. I never knew this till later. But at about 2 o'clock one morning or like 3 o'clock one morning in, when, when I couldn't take it anymore, the room cleared. This is in the hospital bed. The room cleared. There was no noise or any of that. And knowing that I thought I was going to die from it, the brain surgery because you'd have to do open-heart surgery and brain surgery at the same time, and there was no way I could make it through it. So Art got people to pray, and I know the moments because I could organize my life. I could not. I could get away from the pain, and I could organize my life. And that went on for like three or four hours before it all came back. The pain came back, and it was at the exact same time that Art had gone on the air. You know, and when he talked to my dad, and they, you know, it wasn't. I wasn't going to make it, and so he came. And then I told that story. 
I told that story, and I didn't know that art had done that. No, I didn't know. It was just another moment in phenomena. You know how I am about phenomena that reinforces that what I believe about how great and wonderful we all are is reinforced. And this is the things that watching art, like where he would be right now, he would be paying attention to Aaron and the kids, and he would focus that energy surrounding them more than he would be intellectually searching for a way to get back here. But he'll be back. But I'll tell you some of the funniest ones. He had the devil call in, and he I think Art kind of knew who this guy was, you know, because he'd heard him on other shows because Art was a lot about letting people ask questions. You know, yeah. he would do the show, and then it would be call-ins, and it'd be truckers, people out in the world working all night at Sears and people working all night, the people of the night, and bars, you know, all across America and all across the world, and that was just art, and the night brings that kind of comfort to explore those kinds of things, and art saw it. He saw it as a as a way to put information out there that's truly out there from him being, you know, not a, a, a crank and to see that it's out there and to make it happen. I remember. I remember that consciousness experiment with the Joe, and it was interesting how he explored that afterwards um, because he became afraid that it wasn't It scared the crap out of him. I know. <laughs> it scared the crap out of him. I had to listen to it for like a week, <laughs> you know, and he, you know, he has to come off his high horse. He's wonderful. Now, remember, as a as grand a human being as you want to meet, you know, and went through some tough situations in uh, coming up of it, coming up and and going from just being a radio jock, swinging rat wax. I mean, he was uh, he, he he opened up a radio station with like a ten mile radius up in mm-hmm. Pahrump, and all he played was oldies but goodies. He programmed it, and this was where he first started out, and he had his own radio station. And he had, and he ran his radio station, and uh, he played oldies just where he started. And then he evolved into news because he has a smart, brilliant perspective. And then he evolved into paranormal, and he loved the night. You know, he's like a lot of us. A lot of us love the night. And uh, and then people are working, and he saw from the conversations of people calling in that some of these people were just as crazy as hell. And then some of them were brilliant, who had understood and looked at it and thought it through, and it was logical, especially first uh, observers. Art could tell the difference between somebody who really did it happen to and who was just telling a story. Yeah. He was really good at it. And the other thing, too, Nicole, brilliant. He could He could control the movement of the thought pattern of his audience with uh-huhs <laughs> and, and two words to change the tempo and the perspective because he knew when the person would be moving from putting out information or repeating their standard stick. Really, you know, yeah. no matter yeah, no matter who you are, you know, art can could hear and he could listen to see when it was going into a direction or changing, you know, he could just tell when it was going to get ready just to become some rhetoric. <laughs> You know how people, you know how people do, Nicole. And you, look at you. I'm. This is. I celebrate Art Bell because he was my friend, and we became friends because I had a. I had a different viewpoint about what all the stuff. I didn't know too much about UFOs except 
You know, I, I mean, I wasn't a big UFO person, and he was, and I wasn't a big going to Mars. You know, I don't care about any of that. And uh, I wasn't off on those tangents. And I had a viewpoint about how it all worked and what it looked like. And and uh, and he and a couple of other guys. It's not just me. I mean, but I just this is my personal life with Art Bell, and we were friends, and we and we were pra- he was a practical joker. So. Uh, I gotta tell you. So, in the same place where art created and brought the things that people talk about, it came out from it's not in the Inquirer anymore. Look at it where art's career took him. It took him from when it was total conspiracy, uh, extraterrestrials, interdimensional reality, Area 51, um, the devil. I mean, everything that people thought about, life after death, you know, quantum theoretical mechanics is applied. Like, uh, he ha- he used to have his regular people that he would go to about stuff. Mishu Kaku, he would have regular people that he would go to, Hoagland about Mars and Stanton Freeman. And Art booked his own shows, Nicole. So I'm comparing you to Art Bell. I mean, mm. you, uh, and take this as, you know, and, and I wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. I mean, I've known you since you were a little girl. And I'm look, it, it, Art booked his own people. Yeah. Even when it went syndicated, when it went to 530 stations, okay, and then it was bounced, he would send it out by shortwave. So people in anywhere in the world that was a ham operator could get his show. I mean, and he, he created that movement. Think about it. And look at where you are, Nicole. Come on, you held on to that dream. And I was there when you were dreaming it. And you held mm-hmm. on to the dream. And look what you're doing. You were there <laughs> 20 years ago. No, I was. You was a little girl with two with beautiful children, and you had a dream. And we, the world was moving from paper, and right. people people didn't want to read. They wanted to watch and hear. You know, people do not want to read. I mean, it's a it's a characteristic of people who are studying or a certain personality. But people have evolved. Yeah. They don't want to read it. They they want to read it, but they want to hear it. They want to feel the story. What people haven't observed in the last 25 years, I'd say the the last uh, since 2012, but the but the 30 years span right in here, the evolution of consciousness. You can see it came digitally. Art foresaw all this. I mean, he was a ham operator. He was at 13. He built his own set that was communicating worldwide, and he was mm-hmm. talking to people all over the world. But he he saw that the medium of radio and how it was going to be. <laughs> and so <clears throat> people want to participate. People want to hear that person's voice. And they want to participate in it and interact in it. And this was art's, art's model. Well, it's you too. I remember I, these are the art is inspirational to you because look at who you are. You're pioneering a level of consciousness that through the years of with art, be it on the radio, he saw things come true, things mm-hmm. that he saw that people were talking about and saying, especially Hoagland, you know, Richard and Mars and what we're the big UFO stuff now, okay, because, you know, those things like where uh, where Corey Good is and where uh, – and Wilcox, where David is, and mm-hmm. looking at looking at that that part, Art would have loved this. Art would yeah, have loved it. That's what I loved about him is the authentic journey of seeking that he seemed to be on, as opposed to, like you say, having a, a belief system and limited viewpoint. You know, he was 
I was riveted because he just seemed to be really just wanting to know what was real. And, and you heard from our new intro. That's really been my thing, too, is what's really real and what's really possible. But we had a different approach, obviously. Uh, but No, but you, but you had the feminine nature. And you're not uh, – I've only seen you mad twice. And, and <laughs> you know, oh, God. But, you know, you know how I am. I just love it. <laughs> you know, if it's not my fault, I just love it. But I'm proud. I mean, I'm proud, and Art would be proud. Here's what Art was doing, because Art, when everybody, people don't pay much attention to the uh, December the 21st, 2012, and the Mayan calendar. You know that. You know, every the only people who thought the end of time was coming in, in uh, at the end of the Maya calendar was white people. Nobody mm-hmm. else thought that. You know, just some hoodoo because it's it the the Mayan calendar counts backwards. It goes it's cyclic. It goes backwards. So Art knew from this is another conversation he and I had, but he had it with a couple other people. But you know, I'm a big Maya junkie. You know how you know that. I mean, I have seen every ruin of every Mayan uh, uh, pre. I'm a pre classic guy. But these guys had it going on, okay? So since December the 21st, 2012, as we moved into the what's now called the universal period, that there would be no secrets, okay? Art knew this, so he created this little radio show, and he groomed this little girl, Heather, this little young girl, and she was carrying the weight of Art's show on her shoulder. And Art had his, he produced his little show. He ran it out of his radio station. And here's what Art was trying to get her to do in the last, three months (laughs) in all that pain of breathing right i mean he's got to put oxygen on he's got uh, you know you can't you can't smoke cigarettes for 40 years and not have a few problems Mm -hmm. and and he he wanted her to go he wanted her to go on area 54 and broadcast live, and he would set up the remote at the station because, you know, Groom Lake is just down the street. And she said, Art, I could get put in jail. He said, I'll come bail you out. Now, this is, but this is Art. He sees the the power of women in the in the calendar, and if you pay attention to it, usually when a new period begins, and this is from the uh, their sacred book, the Puma Bell, and it says that the first 52 years, that's how tight they had it, it's, or close to that, would be about the the matriarchal power, the rise of the feminine. And when you hear all that, and, and you know, I've been studying them since the 60s. When you hear all that, and then you see the rise of the feminine and the Me Too movement and the Harvey Weinstein and uh, Hillary uh, getting to be a legitimate runner for president and the power of women in politics and the power of women in industry and now the protective value that comes with harassment of what so many women go through in life, you know, that there are predators and people who abuse that kind of power and control, okay, that that, that shows itself too. But we're in that period of of women and he didn't want another guy and the other thing that art told me he said he said daniel new kids discover old stuff and it becomes amazing to them what what i heard about and what we've talked about and what me and he had his little circle of friends and what we talked about i i see i i see it unfolding so here's art 
Art lived on the radio every night to see a transition from maybe it was a possibility or you were crazy. You were crazy to believe that there was extraterrestrials. So here's another fun night with Art. Am I boring? Is this boring? Art was never boring. You have never been boring a day in your life. Um, You mentioned earlier about getting mad, and I was um, remembering that one time when he was setting up something with Kreskin. Do you remember that whole fiasco? Oh, yeah. What was that about? Yeah, I I went to it. We, uh, uh, Kreskin, he was mad about it, and... uh, Art saw that what uh, Creston was going to do was to reinvent himself. He had originally he predicted there was going to be spaceships landing and everyone went out to film and, and broadcast live, right? 10,000 people. Creston oh went on the show, and he was telling this because he was coming to do a show in Vegas, you know, and to make Vegas and to play Vegas, you know, that's, mm-hmm. you know, I mean that was it, and maybe to get a maybe to get a show here, uh, you know, to do a show. And so what he was doing was he he was using uh, well not hysteria, but he was using based on his his program, you know, the mentalist yeah. that we were going to he was going to draw in extraterrestrial beings. But what he knows is in group consciousness, you know, the worst observer. The worst observer is a first-hand observer. You know, when you review witnesses, the 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 person who was there, as they they have the four people have three completely different views of the same event. The eyewitness, okay, because and so he knew that he could create uh, people seeing things like uh, planets moving or UFOs or spaceships, and people are going to see it. You know, people are going to buy into it, or they had a couple of beers in them when they came. So Kat and I drove back, and we went to it, and we were supportive of it because I have seen him do uh, – I know it's mentalist, but I know that it's become to a point in Creskin. It's come, it had come to a point where where he and the the – art or the trick or the, the he and the art had become really synonymous i mean he was capable of doing things at the time not out of repetition and routine but that he had discovered a methodology that made him more accurate so he was going to create this as a reason to, for people who saw something and people who didn't but he could he could reinvent himself from picking out numbers and names and phone books and pages and phone books. He could reinvent himself knowing that the extraterrestrial movement was going to, you know, there's too much noise out there about it for it not to be the next, uh, the next movement. So Art saw that. And so Art, well, Art wanted it to be true. Yeah. I mean, you know, a UFO, Art can deal with a UFO better than it can deal with ghost busting. You know, his <laughs> scientific mind could deal with it, so he wanted it to be true. And it was a letdown. I mean, uh, I, I, I called Art from there, you know, and I told him exactly what it was. And I don't like to talk bad about people, Nicole, except maybe if it was Neil Donald Walsh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, that was fun. Um, it was fun to hear you. Listen, it was just fun to hear. You. It was just fun to hear you laugh. Okay, That's how I learned to survive on the air and manage the energy. It was an excellent training session for me. Um, no, you were. You know, you were brilliant. You, and now, so in in, let me ask you something. Where where is going? Where's this soul to soul going? Where where do you go? Because uh, art 
Art got when Art got him on the on the radio, Art blistered him when he got Gluskin really? on the radio. Yeah, I remember there was some huge fallout after he really called him on it. But that, that's where, again, it was like an authentic quest that he was on, as opposed to just, you know, talking out. You know, there's a lot of ego on the air and a lot of um, superficial stuff. And, and he just seemed to not, um, like you said, he was more independent. He was more authentic. Yeah, and Art was uh, Art is just as arrogant as, you, as any human being can be. I think, I think I'm a narcissist until I got around Art. <laughs> well, but it was Art's personality, though, Nicole, and his personality was he was really smart. So he was a mm-hmm. smart guy, and he he could as a as a broadcaster he could control he could control the uh, uh, the uh, the input of the information from the guest because you could listen to the questions, you know, yeah. and you know which period of time through the night what questions because I'd been I'd be on Art's show. You know, he would we'd do four hours, and you know, wow. because it'd be different subjects, or if somebody had passed, and you could look at the different viewpoints of how they would do it. And I'm I'm authentic, and and you know, I, I have the same. My my stories are the same, and my viewpoints of certain aspects of it have evolved. But the same thing for all of the people who listen to Coast to Coast in the early '90s. Look at where. Look at. I want to tell you one more really funny show. Still there? I'm still here. <laughs> okay. Uh, Art, uh, the big thing for the Catholic Church back in the day was that uh, the the head of the exorcist of the Catholic Church, the chief exorcist, he went on Italian radio. <laughs> this is Art. <laughs> he went on Italian radio saying that if you believed and saw UFOs, then you were possessed by a demon, and you needed to be having exorcism. Oh, my God. Wait, now it's even better. And then Art found some some cross-reference to exorcisms that it is increased by 700%. There'd been a 700%. This had to be maybe turn of the century. Isn't it great that you and I can say that? We had the huh? We had the turn of the century back in the last century. All right, and, and in the turn of the century, there was so much. There was Travis Walton. Uh, there was Whitley Strieber, and there were so many people. John Mack had discovered people who were. Uh, I mean, he did a brilliant paper on on. Uh, Abduction, an abduction comparison to uh, abused children, and how many, so many things that came about within the study of uh, of abductions that were found also seated in child abuse. This was Dr. John Mack at Harvard University. So Art Art was trying to get an, an interpreter so he could get to this this uh, this uh, exorcist to see if the 700% increase had been more people thinking they had been abducted by UFOs and going to confession. Right? Oh. Watch, now this, watch how smart, this is art now. And this is the way our, this is what I think what made me love him and appreciate him because he's thinking it through, okay? And so when he would start to look at it, I mean, he, he knew something was afoot, a, a and it was good news. It was a story. You know, you always had to have a, a drama. And art show was dramatic. It would create drama, but it was Art's style of broadcasting. And then came the day, okay, he called me. And then came the day that the same guy went on 
national Italian television and said that if you were if you saw a UFO or you were abducted by a UFO, you were no longer you were no longer considered uh, possessed. You would no longer be be considered possessed, and that not only are there extraterrestrial beings, he's had the pleasure of being in contact with them, and the church is looking forward to teaching them about Jesus Christ. Huh? That. That was over, that's like a 10-year period, though, Nicole. Yeah. This is an evolution of something over a 10-year period that art drove a lot of the things about UFOs and uh, interdimensional realities and all of that stuff and quantum and CERN. All that stuff, art had a chance to witness the evolution of it and hearing about it from scientists because everybody in the world would go on Art Bell's show because not only art had called them, even with Premier, Art booked his own, he booked his own people. So think about watching that, being aware of it, 700% increase, and now how much is out there that 11 countries have re- reduced their UFO information. And uh, Buzz Aldrich, he passed a lie detector test based on his belief and proof that he had seen, uh, he had seen uh, alien spacecraft. And then one of the guys had had an had a, took a lie detector test about an encounter with a uh, a being. You know, it's, I mean, he was describing it like an angel, but having mm-hmm. a, an encounter with a being in the in the uh, bin of the space shuttle. So where are you going to go? What other groundbreaking moments did Art Bell create on his radio legacy? Oh man, he, he brought near death experience to mainstream. He brought the whole UFO Area 51, uh, uh, Roswell spacecraft, he, and uh, and cults. I mean, yeah. the fact that there are secret societies, quote unquote, and that they operate using certain esoteric or theoretical or ethereal laws that operate and that they are aware of them. Some of them are subtle, like easy spell casting. Some of those are subtle. And then some of those collectively equal to rain, that Raymond's, I mean, equal to rain, that Art himself showed the massive power of the consciousness of the people in of the night on coast-to-coast radio that they could channel and make a difference. And that scared Art. He never did it again, Nicole. I know. He never did it again. And if it was me and you, think about it, when you were... (laughs) Bending spoon, when you was bending spoons and you were putting mind, putting people to practice to put this together because without adding that to the show, like a, a four-minute segment for us to focus on something, you know, or a three-minute segment or a slight small guided imagery that we collectively direct our attentions and spoke focus, you know, you have a show and you go through the points, get the guest, have that show back and forth, and then at the end to take the knowledge and information and formulate it in to a focused one-minute attention span, and, you you know, you mm-hmm. condition the, your audience to do that. And I, I, I pushed art hard, you know, and then after 97, when I found out this, it took like, it was like three weeks before I knew that art had done it. No, it's like two weeks before I knew I had done it because I wasn't interested in what anybody was thinking or what those conversations were because the kind of pain I was dealing with and that, that grand mal seizure that I had uh, before the surgery, that's all I could think about then. 
but once I, I have no problems about when Art turned to the people of the night and turned them to help me. You know, that that helped me. I not only was aware of it, I could see it, and I have know what I used it for. So it, at the take each show at the end of the show, and I was trying to evolve him to this with Heather, the little girl that he, a little girl is trying to fill Art's shoes. <sighs> Glad it's not you. <laughs> you know, that's one question I have is that there's got to be somewhere where someone's archived all of this amazing radio. Is there somewhere that you know of where people can access the archives of Art Bell? Yeah, they're doing it now. I mean, uh, I think it comes off of I think it comes off of George Norrie. I think it comes off of Coast to Coast because mm-hmm. it was always his somewhere in time. And all shows shows in the transition place from Art to George. I mean, I, I, there was a lot of like unstableness. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Art. You know, it, it was time, but Art didn't want to quit. And you can't quit. It's like you. You love what you do because. You're bringing hearts together, bringing minds together, empowering people. I remember the uh, all of those little things that, as you were growing and going through what you were doing, that you were really putting out as a as a part of trying to prove. Okay, mm-hmm. here's another one of the best ones. Art uh, all time. It was uh, one about reverse speech. Yeah. Okay, and Art was cooking with this uh, reverse speech because he could play it back and forth. He had his he had, he you know he had a studio with everything in the world communications worldwide built at his home in Pahrump. So he could communicate worldwide, digitally, any way as the equipment evolved. He built his own radio station. This is the art, the mind, and the solderer. He built his own radio station. You know, he built the tower, the transmitters. He did all of that. And so uh, when it got to reverse speech, he loved it. I told him that uh, I was on the Cole Whitney. I, I said, all right, I was on the Cole Whitney, and they weren't going to do reverse speech. And I said, we did reverse speech on me, and it was all all the thing it was about was sex. <laughs> I remember, remember that. Remember that? And he said, he said, Daniel, he said, Daniel, you're talking about sex the whole time. <laughs> oh See my the God. joy of that, Nicole. But watch, listening to you laugh. That that I can that I can take a celebration of Art Bell and I get a chance to talk to you and watching that you are the same. I mean you you have that kind of drive to create and make the world a better place and everybody who listens or who doesn't listen everybody who listens should tell at least three other people who don't listen to listen because you know I was there from the very beginning. Damn, I'm old, Nicole. And you're also doing the same thing, relieving the fear around death for people and doing the, the hospice work. How's that going? The toilet, well, the Toilet Brigade, you know, became one of the largest end-of-life care volunteer programs uh, in the history of America. I've been in the same offices in the West Los Angeles VA, the largest hospital in the VA system, for 21 years. I've been wow. a hospice volunteer with an office in the VA for 21 years. And the Toilet Brigade is considered equal or superior, and the training is equal or superior to anything that the our Veterans Administration has, and it's been recognized as that. You know, I've been an Oprah Outstanding Charity. I mean, you know, and I grew complementary and alternative integrative therapies quietly within the system. It's, it's changing now. I mean, I'm changing the Toilet Brigade's mission. 
uh, now is the time based on the boxes of knowledge you know look we have we have military we have military on the border in in Mexico and on the border of Mexico and we have Salvadorians and Hondurians crossing the border okay well if you read chapter 5 in saved by the light i said it just exactly like that this is what the the probable possibilities of the predictions of the future Okay, and these are the things that would come about. Art was big into that stuff, you know, he because he, he could push, run it by me. I wrote it down in 1976. But you know what, uh, Nicole, I never... I never thought that stuff. I always remember I used to laugh and call that Nostradanian. <laughs> well, because it was just a part in my life that I never saw it as prophecy. I don't see it as prophecy now. What I see it as is that the ethereal or the dimensional spiritual world sees the probable possibilities like nothing was carved in stone. And, and Daniel, these are the markers. Those were the milestones that I would watch for. And when certain things happen, I would shift course. So I'm shifting course of the of the nature of the Twilight Brigade, I am shifting its course, not because I I want to or not, but because the time frame of the events that are going to occur in the next, God, next couple of years, especially the 222-21, then these are going to be dramatic changes. The structure of the economic system, the the fact that the world will stop, you know, it'll stop for a moment to catch its breath in economics and, and the revival revitalization of of where people are going to have to find something to do because of robotics look at the chip implants see all when art would when art would look at this stuff and he's researching every day and he'd come across it it'd be something else we would talk about you know those kinds of things and with richard okay and he and sean david morton until sean got a little too radical yeah. You know what? Our hour has flown by. And you know what we've oh, got to do? I'm sorry. What? No, God, this is so awesome to reconnect with you. It's been too long. But you, what we should do is schedule another show in a week or two and pick it up from here because I want to catch up with you and find out about what you've been up to since I last talked to you as well. No, I mean, it's rocking and rolling. Here it comes. Now the, the part in, uh, in the uh, Nostradanian about Jerusalem. Here it comes. I mean, there was the this is the big move. Now we wait to see when the Pope gets involved. Now where we're in war when Iran is threatening Israel, Israel threatening Syria, and at the same time of the border guards, there would be a structure that would be occurring now where the Pope would be making their move. You know, it's good against evil, but uh, and I won't put it like that. It's just that some people have certain agendas and others have others agendas but i would look forward to it you know the routine you get a hold of cats you make it happen and nicole i love art bell and i know art bell is absorbing so much of what these conversations are and i thank you for celebrating his life and i thank you for allowing me to be one of those people who do who gets that chance because and and anything that i can do that helps you further you you know i'm here to do that Oh, much love to you, Daniel. It's been so, so good to catch up. And I will email Catherine today and we'll get you back on in a week or two and pick it up from here. 
I look forward to it. So everybody, if you tell at least two people who don't listen to please listen to Nicole. And one more question. How are the girls? They're well. They're grown up. Isn't that bizarre? Okay. Would you please tell each of them that I said I love them? I will. I will do that today. And I love you, Danielle, and we'll talk to you soon. Hey, bye, Nicole. The one and only, Danielle Brinkley. He'll be back very soon. Um, so good and so right to be honoring the legacy of Art Bell. Most dramatically riveting, inspirational, brain-opening, conscious awakening um, radio of the 90s. We'll be back with more. You're now tuned in to Nicole Whitney's News for the Soul Highlights, life-changing spotlights she has shared with leading teachers in the human consciousness field since 1997. Go now to newsforthesoul.com to hear the full shows totally free. That's newsforthesoul.com. Newsforthesoul.com. 